today we're going to take on part two of our Aro Valley series, in which we are asking, is Aro Valley our eco-valley? And we have interviews with residents, Louise Sherelle, who helped or one, was one of the instigators for Aro Solar, getting solar panels on the community um, hall's roof. And Karen McIntyre is giving us a bit of history on events that possibly changed Aro Valley forever. And Calvin Aris, so he's got a few interesting things to say about what is a resilient community. First up, we'll have Louise Sherelle from RO Solar about, or actually they got them on this week, the, uh, are the solar panels on the roof of the community hall. Enjoy. Hello, Louise Sherelle. Welcome to B-Side Stories for Community Zone on Access Radio. How are you? I'm well, though. Great. A major congratulations as the photovoltaic, I'm just learning these words, mm. cells have just gone up in, on the Aro Valley Community Centre this week, earlier this week. How does that feel for you? Gosh, I actually don't know if the cells have gone up with a scaffolding issue. I, I think there was a scaffolding <laughs> issue. I was there on Monday and it wasn't looking very, very actiony. Oh, no. <laughs> But look, we've gotten to the point where it is happening and the, um, yeah. the cells are ready to go up and all that's holding it up now is um, a lack of scaffolding. <laughs> so it feels really rewarding to know that all of the work that um, myself and um, um, the rest of the Aero Solar team and all of the people who have helped us along the way um, has come to fruition. And yes, we've made it. We've got something tangible and the Aro Valley Community Centre are getting solar power. So was there a reason why the Aro Valley Community Centre was chosen? Well, yeah, there was a number of reasons. Um, I guess first up, the Aro Valley has its reputation as being a progressive and community-minded space. Mm. And so that was why we originally approached it. Um, I also happened to be living in the Ara Valley at the time, which also made it right. easier. Yep, yep. Um, so I could just pop over the fence and chat to the community coordinator. Calvin <laughs> <Aris>. <laughs> um, but we, we knew that the Ara Valley, um, well, we hoped that the Ara Valley would be a really receptive place to put a little baby pilot project and I just couldn't think of a better place to, to begin. And so is it actually the first community centre in New Zealand to receive solar power? Well, so it is the first, as far as I know, um, and I would love to be proven mm. on this, um, the first community centre to receive crowd-funded solar. Ah. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's the difference. Um, I do think there are other community centres who um, are solar-powered, um, although I haven't been able to track down exactly where they are. Um, mm. But I do have a feeling they exist, but it's more the method... Um, through which we came to get the solar um, power. Mm. It was a community-driven project and was funded by the people in the community. That is amazing, and that's just saying the people want it, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. How did the project come about? Because you've got a few partners in this as well, haven't you? It came about when I was I was working with Generation Zero last year. Right. A you know, youth climate, climate change organisation. Yes. And they do really, really incredible and groundbreaking work in New Zealand. Um, but I don't think any one organisation can speak to everyone. Mm. And mm. so I was starting to realise that in order for um, climate change to become a mainstream issue, and that's really <laughs> why I'm, I'm pushing our solar, is that um, climate change to me is the most important thing I can be spending my time working on right now, is that um, I think 
uh, climate change needed, it needs more than one voice. In fact, it needs many voices. And That's right. To start diversifying. And also I was really interested in social enterprise and I was a, a little bit... Um, a little bit burnt out by volunteering um, full-time and working um, in hospitality part-time to support my volunteering. Wow. Um, so I wanted to find a way to make uh, make making good change sustainable for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Louise, just out of interest, how old are you for our listeners? Uh, I've just turned 24. Congratulations. That, that's amazing to be working hospo to support your volunteering mission. <laughs> That is incredible. Well, I had a development studies degree, so no one else is going to give me a job. Yeah, yeah, you're a legend. Thank you. <laughs> Firstly, I want to make sure I name um, the other really key players. Yes, please. Um, so that was the other two main people in the Ira Solar team, so Miranda Voke and Oliver Turellen, um, as well as myself, ordered huge amounts of, of work voluntarily. On yeah. Um, I, uh, I pitched this idea to the um, Wellington City Council um, as a grant proposal through Generation Zero and they came back to me and said, that's not going to work but we're going to figure out how to make it work. Right. And so um, at that point it needed to step out of Generation Zero and be another entity <laughs> and the, <laughs> the, um, the Wellington City Council put together uh, a little social enterprise incubator that they called the Smart Energy Challenge. Yes. Which um, is great. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Mm. And there were two other amazing projects um, that went through that. Um, so that was this new car share scheme called Shift. Shift, yes. And, um, uh, and also Solier. Um, and I'm so, so excited to be able to work with both of those. Yes. And those projects. So it became a greater project even, you know, through wanting one project to, to happen. Mm. Wow. And it's re- I think that's um, one of the key things is that there are so many talented, skilled, committed people wanting to work on uh, creating this change, you know, shifting to lower emissions um, and making other um, smart, forward-looking energy choices. And I have a lot of thanks to give to the Wellington City Council for helping to facilitate that process. Um, The Smart Energy Challenge was facilitated by Inspiral. And the Wellington City Council also had a number of partners um, business partners who um, supported the challenge in a number of ways. Generation Zero helped us to promote the project. Um, right. The Arrow Valley Community Centre were, of course, a huge player yes. and a really key partner. And we had a um, uh, right house came on board uh, as our solar providers did a um, huge amount of work voluntarily for us. Oh, great. Um, and have been real champions. Um, and as well as, well as all of those people, uh, we had... I guess friends and family who came out of the woodwork to support us um, with giving advice. We had musicians who came to play on a stage for the Arrow Valley Fair um, and friends who made the beautiful film for us, which you might have seen throughout yes. um, either on YouTube or on a crowdfunding site. Um, so lots and lots of people pulled together to create this. God, um, that's amazing. Mm. And then also you've had all the people that have crowdfunded it. Now, that's mm. quite a unique idea. And, I mean, I guess, you know, for me, I'm just amazed that how crowdfunding in itself has just become part of our vocab. And isn't it wonderful? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, then to have great projects like this appearing. So obviously the response, there was a no problem raising the funds. Well, I mean, crowdfunding is always going to be a difficult thing. It's, yep. um, it takes a lot of time and energy, and I've heard really, really different opinions on mm. um, 
how worthwhile crowd, crowdfunding is. I mean, it worked for us because one of our one of the major co benefits that we were looking for um, was the community engagement inherent in the crowdfunding model, and it was really important right. to our project yes. to get that community buy-in. Um, so it worked for us as, yes. as a model. Um, uh, it does mean that you are looking to um, fund your project from um, the coffers of private people rather than the larger coffers of business um, or, or government, although in this case we <laughs> um, did receive dollar-for-dollar matching right. from the Wellington City Council. And it's so much easier to give when you think, well, I give $20 in fact. Yeah, it's going to be 40 That's right. No, that's so good. Obviously, if this works and, you know, Arrow Valley community starts, um, you know, just obviously generating its own power but lowering its power bills, mm. it's going to make everyone pretty keen to be getting involved in this. <laughs> well, we hope so. Yeah. Um, we wanted to use it as a pilot project um, right. because it's a really visible example mm. um, of all of the great reasons to have solar solar power um, on <laughs> on your roof and um, helping you to fulfil your energy needs. And it's also great that they're able to put some of the savings across to the preschool next door. I think that we are starting to see an upswing in the number of people recognising all of the benefits of solar power and of um, all sorts of different types of microgeneration. I'm really hoping to be able to help take that wider and help facilitate the uptake of that. The Arrow Valley seems to be quite advanced in actioning positive environmental change. Do you think there are any specific factors that are contributing to this? Mm, well, I think it has a really interesting history for a start, but right. probably the most important thing... Um, for me is that it's a really community focused area. There are so many people in the Ara Valley who are willing to be proactive and to give things a go. Also there's just a really good infrastructure of people doing things already. Right, um, which, a base. Which is a huge help. Yeah, it provides a base and it provides a real support to other like-minded people um, wanting to bounce off that. Yeah. Are you aware of any other communities around New Zealand that have that same, you know, if we say, you know, community-based approach? Is there anyone else you're aware of that mm. is doing great things amongst their community oh, to the scale that Arrow is? Well, I'm not sure about the scale of Arrow's, but I think I'm so immersed in... Um <laughs> in my local that um, I uh, don't often pop my head above the water. Yeah. <laughs> whenever I do, I see wonderful things happening. Um, uh, there, for example, is the, well, it's now the whole Wellington of its startup and the South Wellington Time Bank. Yes. Um, there are all the um, transition towns popping up. Um, there's the Island Bay um, hubs and uh, community gardens yes. um, and community orchards all over the place. And all sorts of different examples um, that I find everywhere um, and a lot of them are like local communities mm. bonding together and working towards local resilience and I think it's happening everywhere. Great. Interesting move. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you were living in Arrow Valley. What did you find inspiring about living there? Mm, I think it's a really easy space to try and create change because everyone is so positive and so giving. Um, throughout the whole time I was living in Arrow, um, I didn't find a single negative response to, I mean, what we're trying to do with Arrow Solar or just in general. It's um, 
it's like a little microcosm of Wellington and I think that um, experience of walking down the street and bumping into people is even more intensified in the Arrow Valley, especially yes. when you start getting involved in the community. <laughs> Definitely, and um, but I must say there's something quite special in the Arrow Valley. Just even taking a wander wander through, I suggest every Wellingtonian does it. Let's go straight into our next interview with Karen McIntyre. She's a resident from Arrow Valley, and she's got a few interesting things to say on the history. Hello, Karen. Nice. <laughs> Thanks for coming up to talk to us on B Sides for Access Radio. Mm-hmm. Now you're a resident in the Aro Valley. How long have you been a resident for? Eighteen years. Eighteen <laughs> years. Yeah, that's a, that's longer. That's the longest I've lived anywhere. <laughs> and why? What? What is it about the Aro Valley that's kept you here? It's the community and the people. Um, it's close to town. I can walk everywhere. Yeah. I love walking where I go crazy if I have to drive anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I love it. Are you part of any Aro Valley community groups as well? At the moment, I'm involved with Kaitiaro. Cool. Yeah. And what, Kaitiaro's the garden? It's, it's, the gar- it's the local gardening sort of group. We've got a couple of um, gardens yes. on Aro Street that we garden in the, in, yeah, to grow grow food and plants and just learn about gardening and garden together and great and is great. the produce for the local community yeah usually it's people who grow on it can come come and pick it but anyone is welcome to great um, and have yeah. you seen any benefits through through Kaitiaro that you've, you've seen for the community directly um well we were gardening the gardens in the community center like here in the in the um park nice for a while so we've planted those up in a few fruit trees well we got the council to do that but they planted fruit trees and planted some strawberries and things like that and artichokes the um yeah and flowers and it's been quite nice but also yes yeah, i mean it's just a great way to get to know more people in the valley yeah yeah and it work must together be. And, yeah yeah as a mother what has been beneficial about raising your child here in the arrow valley well, like I said, it's a great sense of community. Also, mm. she's grown up with a lot of kids. Like she's still friends with them. She's been friends with, like my daughter. She's now about to be sixteen. She's been friends with many kids since she was about one. They still wow. they're still mates. They went to preschool together. They went to primary school together. Now they're they're at, some of them are at different high schools, but they still hang out together. They're still friends. Yeah, it must be a really yeah. lovely feeling. Yeah, no, it's great. And also because they have the freedom to walk around to walk to school. Even though it's a really busy street, we finally got a crossing down the bottom part of the Congratulations. Congratulations. It took years and years to get that crossing, to get the council to finally agree to put one in and to make it a 30k zone because um, it's still not a 30k zone for as far as many of us would like it. Right, yeah. it's better than what it was. How yeah. long has it been a 30k zone for? I think it's about three or four years. Right. But I'm not too sure on that. One thing that I've been trying to to work out, the Arrow Valley seems to be more environmentally active mm-hmm. perhaps than a lot of other suburbs or yep. the, the other suburbs are starting to come through. Do you think there are any specific factors that have contributed to this? I think it's a number of things. I think it's partly the fact that we are kind of a strong community and we have that real sense of work, work, walkability and accessibility. Like it's mm. kind of still permeable to the city, even though we've got the bypass in the way and it's been made eight lanes. Yes. But it's still kind of relatively permeable compared to other places. Right. Um, and we have a lot of students living in the valley. Um, we're close to the university, so that's often a lot of you know new ideas and mm. stuff like that. And they're usually willing to actually 
you know, branch out and do something about it as opposed to just talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So like the solar project, for example, you know, yeah. that's, just, that's just sprung up. People decided to come here and, and, and do, do it with the valley, and that's been great. Yeah. yeah. So geographically you feel that that's been a contributor to, to an active valley, an yeah. active community. Yeah, I think so. And it's also the valley, we're really densely populated. Right. You yeah. know, it's, med- it's considered medium density now, but back until the apartment day, the prior to apartment days, it was pretty much... Um, the most one of the most densely populated areas in the country, because really? we, yeah, yeah, including Mount Vic, Mount Vic or something. Yeah. But yeah, gosh, it's amazing. Yeah, because we live very close together. There's mm. lots and lots of houses. There's roughly sort of about fifteen hundred dwellings just in the Arrow Valley, and we all live pretty close to each other. Yeah, so you get to know your neighbours pretty well. You hear them flush their toilets and you know all that yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> And so that's interesting because yeah. that could also be a way of living that we're going to have to face in the future, especially in New Zealand. Yeah. Arrow Valley's got such a strong history. Is there yeah. anything about that that you think contributes to the environmental yeah. activeness as well, well? Definitely. It had to fight for its survival in the 70s. Right. Um, you know, the council um, planned to bowl the, Arrow, the slums of the Arrow Valley. Is that the quite? slums? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Arrow Valley's generally been a left-leaning poor kind of area right um it's not so much these days but it's still pretty much left leaning right yeah it is there is a mix there's a more diverse kind of population now um ish <laughs> yeah than there used to be um but yeah the, the history i mean the Arab valley was going to all the buildings were going to be bold and they were going to build big apartment blocks like these guys right that yeah. we're looking at now yeah, yeah. we're sitting in the beautiful Arrow valley community hall as we speak yeah right yeah it was going to be yeah, quite a few high rise, and it was going to be a motorway basically between up the valley through a tunnel to Karori. Yeah, that was planned in the seventies, and the Ara Valley people fought against that and managed to stop it. I guess there must have been some binding of, yeah. of connection in the community at that point of working yeah. together. Yeah, I think so. And, and I wasn't here then, but yeah, that's, that's there definitely is people that still talk about that. Yeah. What about here. the park here too? There's a yeah. bit of history with the park. Yeah, isn't with the there? park that was that was also that was um, the council. Had, my understanding is they had agreed to give it to the community centre as a park. But then they sold it to the Salvation Army, and the Salvation Army was going to build their citadel there. And, um, yeah, the Valleyites fought against that. There's still a bit of animosity towards the Salvation Army in the right. Valley. Right, <laughs> that hasn't been let go of yet. No, not for a few people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then what people did is they, it was all, pretty much from my understanding, it was a, it was a car park, an asphalt kind of car park. Right. And people just came along with picks, pitchforks and shovels and stuff and literally just dug up the asphalt to tr- and made it into a garden sort of over, I think it was about a couple of weeks it took them. I'm not entirely sure on that. And that's why we have the huge eucalyptus tree because they planted the eucalyptus tree because they wanted something to grow fast to make it look park-like. There's actually a, park, a plaque under that eucalyptus, but it's actually um, been grown over now. <laughs> right. That's yeah. amazing. And, um, it says something like, Kia, I just remember it saying something about Arrow Valley Kia Kaha. Yeah. Yeah. And then the park, of course, is a really centralising factor for the Arrow Valley today, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, one of the things the Wellington City Council apparently was said that the park wasn't required in Arrow Valley, there wouldn't be used, you know, there's no, who would use it? And now, and now it's like one of the most densely used parks in the city. <laughs> so, especially in the summer, you know, it's just really, yeah. again, gets 
gets pretty crowded. Go RO Valley, great story. Yay. Thanks, Karen. (laughs) It's okay. And now we're here with Kelvin Aris, the RO Valley Community Coordinator. So what is it about the RO Valley that's kind of attracted you or made you want to to be here? Um, I I guess it was coming down here um, over the last sort of 10 or so years. I've, I've always... I pretty much always stayed in, in the Arrow Valley with, with friends. Yeah. And um, and I've done a lot of stuff around around here. I used to come to the hall on Friday nights for Capoeira. So I've always associated um, the hall with with that kind of stuff. And, and it, there's always been other things going on around the hall um, before and after our, our, our sessions here on Friday nights. And, um, yeah, it's just been one of those places that, that I've, I've always known about in Wellington and I've always really enjoyed yeah. um, visiting. And now you're the community coordinator. I am <laughs> deeply embedded in Arrow Valley life. <laughs> I don't leave the Arrow Valley anymore. No. For you, is there anything that you think the Arrow Valley is doing that I guess that stands out beyond other New Zealand suburbs and communities or neighbourhoods? I, th- I think what I, what I really love about the valley is that it's 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 really obviously defined um, area. Right. So you you have this um, constant flow of people. Um, you can't go a day without bumping into people, and I think there's something about that. And I think I think Wellington in general has that central yeah. Wellington, but I think Arrow's got that <laughs> way way more than anywhere I've lived in New Zealand before. So you kind of you're always in that social um, contact with with people, and I, I guess there's there's a really a really strong community of really interesting and creative um, people working here. And I think as far, as a neighbourhood goes, it's it's pretty progressive, and it's um you know in its politics and and you know it's the highest green voting um, neighbourhood in the um, in the country. Wow, and, go Arrow Valley. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just ob- it's obvious there's stuff going on here all, all of the time. I'm trying to say that it's uh, it's just it's just got a buzz of, of, of things going on, and um, and people are really connected to the place. Yeah, love the place. Right. What is it you think that contributes then? Also, even though they're a great community, then to their strong environmental actions I don't know if there's any any one answer to that but mm. there, there just seems to be a, um, a good level of awareness about 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 what's going on and, and, and a, a willingness to to get involved and in, in, and do things close to home so um, yeah that, that's what stands out to me about yeah. this place and people are up for up for, for trying new things out and, and people support things and and yeah there's just a general um, willingness to, to be involved in, in what's going on. Now, just last night you had your AGM, yep. and for you that was a pretty big thing because the, your your year would revolve around that. How was that with the community this year? It was really good. It was, it was an awesome, um, awesome meeting and really a chance to focus on on the really positive stuff that that's going on, and that was the theme of the evening. So the, um, the projects like the RO Solar and the um, community composting um, in Apurni Street, and um, the Kaiotiara, the, the, the gardening, um, right? You know, the urban ag- agriculture group um, got to present and tell people what's been going on. And I think often these groups um, are so busy doing things throughout throughout the year that um, I don't think people 
often find out what's going on unless you're involved. And I think that everyone's everyone's had some some made some really good progress this year on what they've been doing. And so it's um, yeah, it was just really good to see it all all in one place. Um, we've got a lot of a lot of things going on, and I feel we're painting quite a quite a good picture of um, of of a neighbourhood that's on the path to you know to becoming a becoming more of a sustainable neighbourhood and a more of an ecologically um, sustainable neighbourhood where people are you know, starting to think about those things, yeah. about your waste and, um, and growing your food and, and things like you know, transport sustainability are always, always really... Um, meetings about that stuff are really well attended here, so people are you know, aware about that stuff. Do you think that Arrow Valley community has got the potential to be a test case for as a neighbourhood for these actions? I l- like to think of it as um, as a lab- laboratory. A laboratory <laughs> for for just ex- experimenting on, on on these things. I mean, um, the great thing about my job is that um, people come come in off the street and and come and talk to me about ideas they've they've had right and um and then it's really nice to be able to to have some to have a space and have some infrastructure around to to try these things out like for instance the um the 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 wonder bike scheme yes that really just came about from a few conversations with with some friends who were involved in the in the 128 um mechanical tempest right um community bike workshop across the road and a desire to, for a, a few people to donate bicycles into a, um, a bike share scheme so that people, when they come here for the weekend, can borrow a bike and lights and a helmet and a lock and just... Hoon around town. Go for it with, yeah. with their friends. And so they're really, they're really simple ideas, and I think mm. I, I love small ideas and, and ideas that are easily replicable. But the bike scheme's been really popular. There seems to be those people around who've got the skills we need. You know, we were talking about um, about the the Lumio conversation, yes. and and Jesse is one of the one of the guys who um, is he works on the Lumio project, and he, he's just passionate about how he can embed that 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 type of, that type of platform in as a tool in his own community. And so I think we, we've. We've got these people out there, and yeah, I, f- I feel it is. It's a laboratory for trying, trying things trying out. Ideas. And, you know, if they don't work, it doesn't matter. We can we can try something else. But I'd I'd, I'd rather take that approach than having this kind of top down. This is what's going to happen. It, it's kind mm. of like, well, let's let's play with these ideas a little bit and and enjoy them and see what we come up with. See what comes out of them and, and learn from our mistakes. But the idea is just trying it out because I think we have got. The, the, all the conditions are kind of lining up for um, Arrow Valley being a, a really good example for other neighbourhoods on how we might live. The businesses are really supportive. They um, are, aren't they? And be- unique and independent. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really good. Yeah. And, um, and that I was, um, I've been putting together my report for the AGM, which, which um, I left it quite late, and I, I suddenly, <laughs> when I was writing this down, I was thinking, oh, there's so much... There's so much stuff um, that's happened in a year, and it, it just made me maybe stop and think. Wow, there's there's a lot going on here, and I've I've sort of been thinking, oh yeah, it's going all right. There's quite a bit happening, but I, when I when I got down on paper, there's, the stacks, and then when you start mapping out all the people that are connected with this and all of the support that comes and all the strange ways that it comes, there's um, 
there's huge amounts of support for this stuff, um, you know, all below the surface. And so we've got this, we've got optimal optimal conditions yeah. for, um, you know, really thinking about how how we live in our neighbourhood and what that might look like. We're doing our um, our trial of a, of a community composting um, scheme in Apurni Street. Right. Can you tell our listeners how that works, just just in a simple... Well, how, how it works is we are going to design a... We're designing and we're building it at the moment. A, um, it's a big it's a big compost bin. It's about four metres long, and it has three three bays. And the idea is we want to build a, 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 a composting system that can deal with all of the kitchen waste from from 25 to 30 um, households. Wow. Ideally, at, at the end of the pro- process, we'll know how, how big we need to build it and to deal with that number. But the 70 households on Apurni Street, or 75, and yeah. what we'd like to do is, is take as much of that waste as possible. Obviously, people do their own composting in their backyards as well. Yes. But for those who don't, taking all of that resource and adding things like um, spent hops and yeast from the Garage Project Brewery right, yep, and yep. Um, coffee grounds and, and wood shavings from the um, Ron Barber's um, furniture workshop yep. and making a really good brew. And the idea is we, 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 we experiment on a, on a slightly larger scale than one person would in their backyard and then we, um, we use that compost in the gardens in... A Pony Street and grow more food and create more compost and and just close that loop yeah and really just see what see what that looks like and um, that we've had heaps of support again that's why I, I, what I was saying about the, the the support seems to be quite unanimous for yeah. for these type of projects the compost project is um, we're building the we're building the um, the bins at the moment Joseph um, Joseph Nichols is a as a um, architect who. Who designed the, the interior fit out of the Sustainability Trust, and that was all built out of um, yes, out of recycled materials. That's yeah, so, so Joe's um, Joe's been an awesome help, and he's um, he's helping us come up with some designs, and we we're, we're actually started building it last weekend, and and it was awesome because the Garage Project donated one of their beautiful big um, plywood packing cases from their new Perfect. brewery thing. So it's like a small room. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all made of beautiful, you know, really high quality um, plywood and timber. So we've we've cut those to shape and the next step is to um, install them up at um, up at Apuni Street on a, on a site, um, a little bit of abandoned land behind the water pump at the top of the road. Wow. And um, Anya, who is yes, doing the Urban Kai project. Yes, we love Anya. Anya has <laughs> donated us our, our buckets. Oh. And so we've got 25 to start with, so 25 households will be getting their buckets. And we are going to try and trial um, collection by using the Wellington Time Bank. Um, wow. And then looking somewhere down the line, just when, when we understand what the what the volumes are and how it all, yep. all sort of pans out and what the end product is like. Either a, a, a really small nominal fee for either pickup of or takeaway of, of, of um, kitchen waste or delivery of um, of Wicked Apuni Street compost, compost. at yep. a regular period during the year. So we're just we're working with the city council because we got we got funding to um, to run this Good. trial. And the idea is that if we can do it in Apuni Street. We can do it in Devon Street, we can do it in Holloway Road and, and ideally we can roll it out for the whole valley and each each street can have their own flavour of, of how they how they do it. But the idea is that it no green waste is leaving the valley, it all stays here and all stays into the soil and, and you know 
increases the soil fertility and growing capacity of the, of the um, neighbourhood. Can we talk a little bit too about the photovoltaic cells yes. that are just about to go on the roof of the very community hall that we're sitting in? So quite an amazing project in itself. Yeah. What benefits do you see that giving to the Aro Valley community? I, I think when, um, when Louise, Louise um, Sherell came and talked to me early on about the project, I remember thinking... This will be awesome because everybody walks past the, right. um, the hall and mm-hmm. having solar panels on the roof, just for that reason alone, is, is, is really positive because it, there's something about solar panels that, that make, or they make me feel really good about the, the prospects of a, of a positive future. They, they, they have a sort of a... They, mm. they look sleek, You're right there, sleek, They're sleek and they, 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 it feels good. So I feel it kind of is a feel-good touch that will inspire people and to think about that there'll, there'll be some cost cost savings right. over time but they'll yep. take they'll take time to to pay off i would like to see in the future we've got a system that we can add a battery um bank to at the moment it's going into the grid right um because i, I feel as a as a resource if um if we do have a, a, a really big earthquake it then would it, be great it would be pretty good be just to, to be able to let people come and charge, you know, charge their phones and, and their laptops and whatever they need to to do as a, down down here because it's. So it could possibly be for all communities. It could become a necessity within a community. I reckon it's a really good yeah, idea because solar, I mean, solar's getting solar's getting cheaper and I mean especially with the, this whole thing of, of community resilience around disaster preparedness. Mm. You know, it's like which is motivating us though, isn't it? In a way well, to you know. I, I reckon it's um, for, for for me when it, um, thinking of, thinking about how we're going to function after a major disaster in Wellington actually cuts right to the heart of, of sustainability thinking. It kind of cuts away all of the all of the other stuff, the non-essential stuff, and it just gets us thinking. Whoa, what are we actually going to do if things really go to custard here, and if and how are we going to stay here? Are yeah. we, we going to stay here and and what what came out? We had a, we had a resilience meeting that that, um, that Charles Barry um, organised earlier in the year, right. and it was really well attended. And something that dawned dawned on us was this this idea of you don't know what will happen in a really big earthquake, and the people who who know what to do might not be there. Mm, yeah, you have that depend that thought in your head. There'll be those people, yeah, don't you? Yeah, you assume they'll yeah. be there, but you just don't know what's going to happen. And so it's it's really it's really urgent, I think, mm. that we get our head heads around well, because obviously we're either going to be at work or at home or, or, or somewhere in between most you know most things most things will be around the work or at the home but the home place is where we're going to need to be um trying to work out how, we, how we're going to deal with these these problems immediately mm. and so i think being being prepared at least to having some solar energy to charge batteries up and, and do that type of stuff is going to give us um, a pretty good head start on things because according to the people from the um, from Remo, which is the Wellington Regional Emergency okay. Management Office, I think Nice, it, I think okay, it is. good, yeah. yes. Those, they're, they're saying that you can't guarantee the power will be on in a day or a week or it might even be like three months before things wow. could be back on. So you have to be prepared for the worst and 
yeah, it's like, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so the so the solar the solar cells could be just such a great resource for communities. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just a little, sense. A, a little bit of peace of mind mm. that, that that we've got some some capacity <laughs> and and something something interesting. We, we, we after that meeting um, we discussed. Um, how we might factor this into our into our composting project, and what we've what we've realised is that if every house on the street has two twenty litre um, buckets, yes, the big ones which we're using, and we have a um, a readily available supply of um, of mulch, we we actually have an emergency um, composting toilet, toilet set up, yes, for the street, which is. Um, which is something that's really, I think, if, if we did get to that stage where there was a, a big one and suddenly we didn't have, and the sewage was all, you know, yeah. all knackered, we had um, the ability and the knowledge to do that stuff. It's actually quite reassuring, and and so I, I kind of as as terrible as as it is to think about what it might might happen in a big earthquake. I, it, it was kind of a light bulb went on in my head at that meeting that it that it it does let you get straight to the heart of of, of um of what sustainability what? is, is yes. about, you know? And so if we have, the, you have your gardens and you have your composting toilets and you have a little bit of solar, solar energy and you have your bikes to get around, mountain bikes probably in that situation, but it's, it definitely just takes a little bit of the, the fear about what it might, what it might be like. Mm. So, um, and the resilience, you know, comes back again to the com- strong community will deal with, a situation way better than a community that don't know each other and, and live in their, in their separate houses and, and don't actually have the connection with their neighbours. So, I think part of part of this work um, of of experimenting yeah. on, on fun things to do and ways to engage people and ways to bring people into the hall and sharing food and doing music events and all of that stuff. I think it also adds to a adds to a resilience um, story as well, you know, and um, so yeah, it's really it's 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 a it's a real privilege to be doing this work, and um, and I'd say wrap, wrapping up the first first year, I've got heaps of ideas that I want to start um, putting into into action, and I, and I think helping other people um, mm. get some get things in motion as well, and just just creative things, you know, I mean. Having planters, planters and seedlings around around the place a bit more, just making a few of the steps a bit more visible yeah. to people that it's it's all quite accessible yeah. and um, sort of building on all of the work that people have been doing for years around here on the on the community gardens and and just trying to figure out creative ways of getting more and more people involved in that. That's great in a fun and artistic way as well. Because yeah. I think I think it's it's sometimes it's a, it's easy for it to get all but take it a bit seriously and when it's it's not it's it's not really about taking it seriously it's about it's just about enjoying it and um yeah and then and then people get into it relax and enjoy the that's right enjoy your neighborhood yeah is there a way you could define the character of the community the people in the community here tricky question that's a really hard question because i I would, would have said Defiant in a, in a sense, as far as um, I think the community will like to hold the motorway men to account, and will will we'll make a really massive effort to um, to um, 
Yeah, to hold them to account. We, we've had some some things have happened at the intersection of Cairo Drive yes. and, the, and, the, and the bypass um, this year of a of another classic couple of tweaks to the road network that they're so so fond of, of doing without telling one about and and now it's, it's wider it's wider of course interesting it's, it's, it's wider we've got we've got yeah, we've got new lanes and um and it's it's forever oh, so it's the original plan is it it's, yeah exa- exactly so that, it's that it's that kind of thing and I think I think people get emboldened by good news and unlike a surprising good news about the um the flyover that was um, that was halted last week because I think a lot of people in Ara Valley um, were involved in the fight against the um, the original bypass that went through, um, you know, smashed that whole area through Cuba Street. And I, when I first started coming to Wellington, that was in full that was in full swing, swing or yeah. it was kind of winding down. I think it was kind of um, it was starting to happen, and I think there's a lot of people who are involved in that. So I think, yeah, I think people. W- do stand up for their their rights as citizens and 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 of, of this neighbourhood, and so I think it's um yeah I'd, I'd say that's probably the, the 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 character of of um of of the valley that I that I think un, under it all come comes through and people will stand up for themselves. So I think it's uh it's quite a it's quite an important place for people to be putting in this work. Um, and I don't think we're going to be having a four-lane highway go through here in any any um, any great hurry. But um, we do have to suffer that indignity every day of that nightmare <laughs> intersection over there, <laughs> which sucks. You know, it's really it's really mm. dehumanising. And I think I don't know they they can put a, a road under underground for a for a park, but but not the not the top of Cuba Street. And um, it, I guess the the transport. Um, the priorities of, of people making big decisions about transport are so heavily weighted towards, um, you know, cars and road freight. Yeah. Neighbourhoods aren't, aren't so well looked after, nor um, you know, pedestrians and cyclists and, and yeah. the whole public transport investment thing. So, yeah, I guess I guess there's a um, there's some pretty strong resistance. And the brother told me he was going to go to the sun. I said, brother, if you go to the sun, you're going to burn up. He said, no. When I go to the sun, I'm going to go at night. <laughs> I said, yeah, right. <laughs> the brother's tripping. Don't you go out there. I want you to tell them. I don't want you to hold back. I just want you to tell me everything that, that's necessary in this situation because they need to know now. Go on now. Go on now. Sunshine. Everybody loves the sunshine Sunshine Everybody loves the sunshine Sunshine Now folks get down Folks get down in the sunshine I really do, yeah, yeah Sunshine, folks get brown. Folks get brown in the sunshine. Just bees and things and flies. Yes, I do. Just bees and things and flies. Just bees and things and flies. 
Folks get brown, yeah. Folks get brown in the sunshine. 